Welcome to the Wildcast Podcast, coming to you from Wildcast Studios with your hosts, Adam Lund and Jeremy Boucher. Welcome to Wildcast Studios for the season seven premiere of the Wildcast Podcast, your unofficial host for all things Moncton Wildcats. As always, fan listeners, I am your host, Adam Lund, and I'm joined by your favorite co-hoster. He made it back from Ontario. Everything is copacetic. Mr. Jeremy Boucher. How was your summer, bud? Oh, geez, Adam, you know what that was? That? that was that was that was the introduction of a of a rock star. <laughs> well, you know, it's I, uh, I, I can't get over how uh, better you've gotten. Thank you. You know, over this, uh, you. were you practicing over the summer? Well, you know what? I knew that the season wasn't far away, right. so I thought I should probably start practicing. Mm-hmm. I got the studio ready. I sat here with the cameras, with the lights, and I practiced and practiced. Cause you know what? No one's saving me from doing this, no, so I gotta, I gotta get going here. I gotta yeah. figure it out. Um, your summer, Mister Ontario, yeah, all through. How was it? Uh, so let me explain uh, the summer. Uh, <laughs> as I mentioned on the uh, season finale yeah. uh, last year, the plan was to sell my place of residence. Yes, that is correct, uh, and uh, that that did occur. Uh, we, <laughs> we, I don't uh, have the sound effect for it. No, that's, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's, um, we left for Ontario on the, uh, actually hit the market on the 14th of July in the middle of the afternoon. And then we left, um, for Ontario the morning of the 15th. And by that evening we had accepted an offer. Nice. So it was literally maybe 24 to 36 hours before, uh, we had, uh, an offer and, uh, we accepted an offer, and it was literally the first uh, the first viewing. Hmm. It was the the first ones to walk in were, uh, were the ones that made the offer, and we decided to uh, to take it because it's one of those uh, too good to be true. Couldn't yeah. uh, couldn't pass it up. Yeah, you're just like I want to give you the sold because I'm not spending any more time mm-hmm. and resources. So you're packed up. You're yeah, we're we're getting ready to pack up. We've uh, you know we got the movers coming next uh, whatever the thirty first is next Thursday. Yeah. And uh, no, we're gonna we're gonna be into our new spot uh, next uh, next Friday. And, and the prison, as you call it, you're gonna burn it to the ground. No, well, no. you know, <laughs> metaphorically, uh, yeah. metaphorically, he's not an arsonist. <laughs> that's that's correct. No, there's not gonna be any uh, any arsons uh, <laughs> going on. If uh, if everyone cared, they they would know <laughs> that uh, they would help you move. They would help me move, and you know, they knew that uh, I've always been a, an Irish town. Yeah. Irish young guy, and that's where I'll be moving to. And obviously, for the uh, my sake of my privacy, I'm not going to give away the address. If I like you, you'll <laughs> know the uh, the address. And yeah, other than that, Ontario was good, and uh, had a nice uh, nice visit to uh, Maverick Welk's hometown of Golden Lake, Ontario. Yeah, it was uh, a fun little afternoon that we spent there. And for those that didn't know, Golden Lake is shaped like a whale, and uh, cheap cigarettes, <laughs> and cheap cigarettes and beer. That's <laughs> yeah. correct. That's the best part of the trip. Um, Blue Jays jersey on. We got our jersey on. It's summertime, still mm-hmm. camp. So you got your Blue Jays. I got my Bucks training camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you go to a game? Nope. As much as I offered to literally buy people tickets and go with me, nobody wanted to go to a game. So this is the second summer in a row that I've been uh, I've been shut out. But uh, you know, next summer. Well, that's too bad. It is too bad. You know, and but that was a good. 
Although I think the one you wanted to go to, they got spanked like nine one by San Diego. Or something, yeah, they did. They did. Yeah. It was a hot dog, uh, hot dog contest, hot dog eating, two dollars, whatever it is, Looney Dog night. Yeah. And well, your summer's been much better than mine. I have not gone to Ontario yet. No, well, you're going. No. And we're going. We're that uh, we're that family that plans it around training camp. Mm-hmm. So thanks to C Shep this year mm-hmm. for giving the uh, the Wildcats a break. That's so we're right. going to Ontario. We're going to the uh, Blue Jays. Expos oh, game yes. yep. Yep. Uh, Tuesday for Looney mm-hmm. Dog Night. Um, but yeah, my summer has been pretty much non-existent. Working, Layla went to Ontario for oh, three weeks, so I did mm-hmm. a lot of golfing in Hillsborough. Shout out to them. I actually was in the club championship. Nice. Got randomly paired with Tony Smith. I heard that. So we yep. had a we had a good time. Then uh, the next day, I did not shoot well, so you kind of get paired on your scoring. I didn't play really well on Saturday. Sunday, I get there. He gets paired with uh, AJ, the guy that we had golfed with. And these two young kids come in, and the guy running behind the counter, he's like, all right, well, you're with that guy. You're with Tony, and you're with Adam. All right. Well, if you guys want to play together, like, if you <laughs> want to go in the same group together, well, mm. I'll trade you. And he looks back. Can we do that? Yeah. All right. So we traded. I got to golf uh, 16 holes on the Sunday because it started to rain. I wasn't playing that well. I wasn't anywhere near anything they call giving money away for you. And uh, me and Tony just bailed. <laughs> there you go. Huh? Like, I'm not – I already golfed in the rain on Saturday. I'm not golfing in the rain on Sunday. So, I guess – I mean, it's better the rain we have than the fires. Mm. I will take that. But I am I am quite sick of, uh, sick of all the rain. And now we're just peer into training camp and – um, yeah, I've been able to go to most of the training camp, uh, practices. You will notice we have, we are, we are on the short list to go to practices. So you're going to see some more coverage. Uh, we'll keep you updated on, uh, on how that's going and where you can find all that. Oh, sorry. Amazing race. You're good. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm all caught up. Yeah. Or, uh, who just, did you take? I took, cause I uh, took Ty and I took, um, Kayleen and uh, I took Kayleen and what's his name there? Jim, not Jim, Jimbo, uh, Jim Bob, uh, somebody uh, can't I uh, can't remember. But they're both they're both still on. Our uh, both our teams are still there. Yeah, who did I? You had Tyler and Cat. Ty Cat, yeah, that's who it was. And I had Kayleen Gunner. and I can't think of his name. Is that the guy with the prosthetic leg? Prosthetic legs. Yeah, I can't think of his name. What is his name? Uh, Not Amazing Race. Amazing I was, race I was disappointed to see the girls go. The, uh, I was disappointed that they got screwed over, for lack of a better term. Like yeah. the, uh, What are their names? Uh, Gail Kim was eliminated early. I can't think. I, I'm so stuck on their names right now. Uh, Kayleen and Tyler. Tyler and Kayleen. That's yeah. the one. So and both I got Ty and Kay. T, so both Kat. our teams are the T and K yeah. teams. Yeah. Jermaine and Justin. Yes. I I was so annoyed that they took three penalties for six-hour wait. Mm-hmm. We're eliminated, and it just happened to be a non-elimination. Yeah. I was just like, really? They got lucky. They're rewarded for taking three, which, I mean, the one guy just quits on things if he can't get it done. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, yeah. So both our teams are still in the race, so that's perfect. So. Uh, all right, so yeah, follow us along on the X now, it's called. That's how long we've been <laughs> away. I'm not calling it that. Uh, follow us along on Twitter, Moncton Wildcast, Instagram, Wildcast Podcast, 
TikTok. We will be doing more TikToks during the uh, season. And as well, uh, you can subscribe and like on the YouTube. I guess we'll get to the quick question. Uh, an article came out about the Wildcats this year and mm-hmm. um, putting things together. And Dan is not on the hot seat, according to the, the article. And I guess the quick question is just an, an easy one. Is Dan coming into this season starting on the hot seat? I guess it depends on who you ask. Uh, there's, You could probably pull... 100 Wildcats fans and mm-hmm. 50 would say yes and 50 would say no. I think it's yeah. it's split down the middle right now. Uh for, I'd never I never want to be someone who openly says uh you're on the hot seat and you know on to the next contestant. Yeah. Right? It's right. um if it's always it's all if they get off to a bad start, yeah, sure. But based on how the division looks this year, I think it's favorable to see that they're going to get off to a decent start which uh, shouldn't put his job into jeopardy but no. for some reason if they I don't know over 10 <laughs> then there's something wrong yeah and if, if they're over 10 I don't think it's a coaching thing I think there's something else that's that, yeah. that's going on here and um so I on, is he on the hot seat I so I don't think he's on the hot seat I think his seat is warm um, I mean, he's got a new group. Uh, so as a leader of men, he's got a whole new blank slate on this season, mm-hmm. a new group, new veterans. Um, I don't think his seat is hot. I think it is warm. I think it's nowhere near what it was in February. Um, and we were very vocal about his seat being scorching in February. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's, I think it's warm, um, but yeah, it just depends on what kind of start they get off to. And and when you when you talk about a start, everybody's healthy, mm-hmm. and that's the key. I mean, injuries are going to derail anything, but this isn't something where the team's going to be playing and then they've got a trade deadline and then they keep playing. Like he's got a fresh, clean slate to to just start this thing. So I think it's kind of warm, and and depending what kind of start they get off to. Um, but yeah, Eric LeBros is gone now, so we'll have to see what kind of power play we get here in the next. I mean, they played last night in, in uh, at the Avenir Center against Bathurst. They're tonight against Miramichi, um, and the Eagles on Friday. We'll have to see what kind of power play they have, and I'm not going to base my whole power play look on these first three games because there's going to be some rookies because I assume by the time you hear this, there'll have been some cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, but last year was a big determining factor on on that second week when you have basically your roster what your power play looks like and it wasn't good with the guys that we were going to go with and so Kelsey Tessier has been running practices he was on the bench today with John DeCourcy for the scrimmages oh well actually on all the scrimmages so is he the assistant that is taking over for um, LeBras, or is he just helping run camp because there's a Wildcat connection and he is available? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I, I don't think it's hot. I do think it's warm, and it has to, um, like our friend Andrew Barrington says, we got him in the first episode. If they get out to an 0-10 and start, then who, you know, no kid loves coaching changes more than that kid. No. He's <laughs> obsessed with coaching changes. But it, it, it's it's not something we can make a decision off of. We haven't even seen the veterans show up. But mm-hmm. once the season gets going and they go against 
two against Cape Breton, um, Halifax. So it's it's a test right off the hop. Yeah, one hundred percent. And uh, obviously, you mentioned Kelsey Tessier, uh, Irish Town native. Oh, Kelsey Tessier. Good. Just wanted to throw that out there. Perfect. And uh, yeah, it, when you go watch the scrimmages, the the players who you expect to stand out mm-hmm. are standing out. Right? Yeah. There's there's been no players there that uh, that have kind of I wouldn't necessarily say disappointed. There's been no disappointments. No. But the guys who you expect to dominate rookie scrimmages are, are dominating rookie scrimmages. You know, we're, we're talking about, you know, Lounsbury. Do you want to get into the training camp point? I mean, hit the, the yeah, thing? Yeah, let, let's get into the training camp report Since before, we're going I, there, before I start to talking too much. Hey, it's preseason. We're, we're just, we got to get this we're thing going. We're allowed to make mistakes. Yeah, we, we're, we're getting into this as much as the team is. Wildcast training camp report. You're up. <laughs> yeah, so Continue as I was saying yeah. before the uh, little music hit there, uh, you know, the, the, the players that are that you would expect to to shine in these scrimmages are, are yeah. sh- shining? Shining? Shining. No, shining? You expect to shine are shining. Are shining, correct. Um, you know, there's... You're talking Lounsbury's, you're talking, you know, your Grenier's. These guys are, are, are standing out because they have veteran, you know, they have yeah. experience over these young guys. But at the same time, you've got... Uh, uh, is it Julius? Is it Julius? Julius Sumpf? Is that is Julius's first name? Yes. Julius yeah, Sumpf. Julius Sumpf. He's something. He's something else. <laughs> and uh, you know that like, will be his hashtag. He's something. Something. Uh, Maverick Walk. You know, big goalie is athletic for his size. Yeah. Let's put it that yeah. way. Um, the two Euros, Zelinski and, and Gloss, are are you know you can tell that they've they've been playing against older older yeah. competition in the years, and you know Sean Carrier, who's I mean, for 16 years old, it's just dominating at training if camp. You know, anybody listening to this has tweeted, put a comment, anything about why did they give up a first round pick in the 2024 draft to yeah. move up to get Sean Carrier? Yeah, delete that now. Yeah, and if you don't believe us, go watch. Go to the preseason game tomorrow. Which, sorry, assuming, the preseason game last night. Assuming he played, he might play in Miramichi. So all, all of our listeners up there, go watch Sean Carrier. He is worth moving up the seven spots to go get him. Um, For me, I mean, Isaiah Parent, he has been all over the ice um, throughout the whole camp. Uh, He's got a good shot, good size, speed. Um, Tegan Warren, 14th round pick. He had a lot of success in in Yarmouth. And, you know, we talked about it on the draft recap. You had... Denway, who was in the national championship. Ligare, who was in the national championship. Lounsbury, who was a national champion. Keegan Warren went all the way to national, is champion. a national championship, is a champion. Um, you know, they're drafting guys that are going far in the in their junior or in their midget careers mm-hmm. and winning championships. And that just breeds the confidence for that. So it's, you know, it's tough to say, oh, it's good to see uh Feeling 22 back, too. Yeah. Thomas Auger. I, I, uh, had I a goal was going to mention him there. <laughs> um, it's tough to see and gauge these guys on a rookie camp because rookies are going to stand out against rookies. And I made this last year. Um, there was a couple guys that stood out in that first game against St. John. And then as the veterans come, you can kind of see they're not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. good to see those guys stand out. Um, I like Zelensky. Is bigger than I thought. I don't know why I thought he was the smaller 
Cormier style defenseman. Maybe I just no complete opposite. Yeah, he's complete, complete opposite. Yeah. As soon as I got to practice on Saturday, I was like, okay, he's he's tall, yeah. and Sump is tall as well. Like he's a big body that moves the puck well. Yeah, Zelensky's like your get two way defenseman. He's not gonna wow you. Yeah. For me, he's he's gonna be one of those defensemen that you don't notice, but you don't notice him for good reasons. Right. right? He's he's almost as if it, it's gonna it's as if he's gonna be a right shooting version of Forte Jandro. You know, a defenseman you just don't notice on the ice, doesn't make many mistakes, uh, and that's what you want. You know, you want I, I could go watch a sixty minute game and he goes and plays twenty minutes and there's not a moment during the game that I remember, oh, he did this, mm-hmm. right? He's, he just, it's, it's a flow. It's a smooth flow. Uh, there's, there's no high-end skill. There's, there's no spinneroonies or spinoramas, <laughs> whatever to call yeah. it there. It, it's just, it's your smooth transition defenseman defensive defenseman you know it's like that two-way stuff yeah. right so you're not going to notice him very much on the ice he at the helenka gratsky tournament he will he finished third and plus minus well people are going to say plus minus is a pointless stat i think it speaks i think it has its own language right, right. It is it's, it, it says a lot about the type of defenseman you are if you're if you're a plus a plus let's say eight on your team and you're a rebuilding team, you're a plus eight and everybody else on your team is a minus. Well, it says a lot about you as a defenseman. Yeah. Right. And I think that's what you're going to see a lot uh, with, with him, with Zelensky. Yep. Yeah. And that's, I mean, one of the drills that in practice that I was telling you about, just win a draw, puck off the glass and out. Win a draw, puck off the glass and out. Like they're mm-hmm. doing the little things now in camp or reversing it to go the other way. Like just doing the little things um, that, you know, sometimes gets you into trouble and gets you into that scrambling mode. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a good it's been a good rookie camp so far. Um, the veterans do get here, and and you look at the roster. Well, they don't get here till friggin' September 9th. No, I think there was there was a date where there was actually a date written on on a tweet on a graphic that the Wildcats tweeted out, and for some reason I think it said like September 9th. But they weren't showing up. The veterans weren't showing up. Really? I think. I mean, I'll, I'll have to go. Like, if we go back and look at all the tweets that the Wildcats sent out, maybe they deleted it. So maybe we're not going to have cuts as early as we thought. Like, Well, we have to. I mean, there's going to be guys. Americans, that, a few there, Americans guys. There's going to be guys that leave, you know. Yeah. Like, like, uh, but they're not going to cut it down to have, like, not like the 15 Quebec, forwards and stuff like that. No, like the, some yeah. of the Quebec teams literally have, they have four cuts to make and they're at a full roster. You know that's that's just that's foolish. But yeah. no, I, I maybe I'm maybe I'm going crazy here. But I, I almost re, I almost remember at, like seeing a graphic in which it said that the veterans weren't showing up until like the ninth of September. I'll, I'd need to go back and you keep talking. And I'll, I'll I'll look for it. But maybe that was what they originally thought. But that doesn't that would not be advantageous to this team because they'd miss five preseason games and they have one game on the 15th to play before the start of the season, which September 4th. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. 
Whew. All right, so they will be here for the the game on the 8th at the Avenir Center and up at, uh, at Bakhtouche there on the 15th because they play the 8th and the 9th. Yeah, I was just yeah, – something. Roll in early, get to that 4 o'clock game, and off we go. So 4 looks like a 9 in my brain, but I, no, I get it. September 4th, so okay, that's so uh, Labor, Labor Day. Day. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, you look at the – you take a look at the, the roster as a whole – and there's already five defensemen that are arriving on September 4th. So that mm-hmm. leaves what? Two spots. Two spots? Forwards, there was, well, Alexi Daniel isn't here, but two, four, six, six guys. So there's six spots left. Yeah. Seven, maybe, you, that they're going to carry. You've got Grenier in the rookie camp. Yeah. Right? So assuming he gets one of those jobs, there's your six defensemen. Yeah. Now, seeing as how Mr. Ballantyne had some experience and some success at forward yeah. to maybe make him as a versatile guy so you can maybe carry eight defensemen or you carry nine defensemen and you use him where where you see the need. Right. Right. That's because there's... But I think he needs to just play defense. Like, mm-hmm. he needs to play more in general, so... I mean, it was tough to see him in and out of the lineup, and then it was tough to see Grenier in and out of the lineup. Like, yeah. these guys can't develop and can't get a sense of their partner on that 5-6 pair when one's going up to forward or one's mm-hmm. playing with this defenseman and the other one's sitting out. It's just it's tough to get that going, but, it, it you know, I see where you're going. It gives you the flexibility to have carry eight defensemen without, you know, having to have two of them sit up in the – Sit up in the booth. So yeah. I mean, you look at Trent Valentine is has one goal is a goal goal per game player as a forward. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true. And it was in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Because yeah, <laughs> I remember thinking that was his first goal in the playoffs. And no no, that was his first goal first goal of the year. Um I mean the biggest news is Alexi Daniel not coming mm-hmm. back. Yep. Um before camp, finding out before training camp started. I mean, the report is he doesn't want to be traded, um, so you kind of think he's going to start his CIS career or, or whatnot. But, I mean, that just kind of sucks in general for a kid that, you know, hometown kid, captain, whatever, yeah. working towards getting at camp. But I understand from the team side, like, there's no point coming to camp if you're not going to be the 20-year-old that we're going to carry. We're not going to carry four and make a decision and – and whatnot. So it was a very delicate situation in terms of we love to play GM and have ghost rosters and try and predict things, but we're very glad we don't actually have to have these conversations with parents, kids mm-hmm. about these kind of situations. Well, yeah. I mean, you look at it. He was, as a captain last year, you, you almost expect your captain to be back. Yep. And if your captain's not back, you almost expect to be able to get something, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and it, it, it's tough. Like I wouldn't want to be the one to have that conversation. No. Right. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, but, yeah. but you look at it. It's you, I mean, you, like I just said, you don't, if you have a 19 year old as your captain, you almost assume your captain's going to be back the following yeah. year. Right. And it's, so it's it's tough. I mean, that's uh, that's probably one of the can't speak for for Richie, but probably one of the tougher decisions he's he's had to make, right? I mean, it's you don't get very many. I know we've had a few, 
No, I think between that and Jake Stewart at the trade deadline, those were probably two of the toughest yeah. conversations. I would, I would even, have. I would even put the Alexi Daniel one above the Jake Stewart. Yeah, I mean, it, it's this is your a local player who probably lives ten minutes from the rank, mm-hmm. or your board the sea last year, and had has had probably every intention of coming back this year and and being captain again. Yeah. You know, only be told that. You know, we're going in a different direction. That's eleventh round pick too. That when people saw that, worked his tail off. Oh yeah, they took him because he's a flyer. He's a hometown kid. Whatever. He worked his tail uh, off to play sixty-seven, sixty-five games. Um, I remember his first Q goal. It was that point shot against uh, St. John, where he just tipped it. Yeah. And he just, you know, he and he just, I'm sure that plays in his mind all the time. And it's just one of those things where you, you just. It, it's it was surprising, you know. Yeah. I I fully expected him to be at least a third a, a third line contributor, you know. It, but at the same time, it's your captain's usually a top six forward, yeah, or or a top and, three defenseman. And not that he couldn't play the top six role, but usually your twenty year old captain is your consistent mm-hmm. every night penciled in left winger on the yeah. top six, right? Like mm-hmm. it's it's a you know, you always say it. You want a 19-year-old on the fourth line and the sixth, fifth, sixth defenseman, or do you want the 16-year-old learning and the 17-year-old taking a shot? And I think that's just where it came down to is the production value of – and that's where, what was it, four seasons ago they talked about having the goalies not count as a 20, so you could have three up front yeah. and one goalie. Yeah. Well – that might be handy at some point. Doesn't work out in this situation, but that's just where legit the numbers come down, mm-hmm. um, and and that's the business part of hockey, and it and it sucks. And 100%. I'm very glad we just get to talk about it and not have to talk to them about it. Um, the other player not coming back that stirred up quite a bit of uh, kerfuffle: uh, Max Barbashev. Trading arguably your best player last year, and oh, yes, um, that's right. It's just- you, you traded your best player, yeah. and you only got a, a third round pick. How you do, fifth. You how did do, nothing. How do you manage to do that? What are you gonna do in the more? Like he's gonna how be there for the your, World Cup. How do you, how you, do you trade your best player and only get a third round pick? Oh yeah. Anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, yeah. Um, Just go look at their Facebook. Go page. look at the Moncton Wildcats Facebook page or their Instagram. The fact on that the uh, day that he was traded. The two trades that he's been able to pull off and get value that nobody thought you'd get value for. Philion in a first, yep. which was a, I'm going to call it a pretend to first because it was just because two teams missed out on a player and they got it. Whatever. It got us Olivier Boutin. So yep. it was a pick. It was there. He got a first round pick attached on that trade. And Max Barbashev, because not many teams in the league can have a player take up two roster spots. Correct. And I think that is what so many people forget. Don't realize. Yep. Is he's counting as a uh, 20 and a Euro. Euro. If he doesn't come back, in Tebow we trust is laughing all the way to the bank because he got a third and a fifth for a guy that's not even in the league. Yeah, well, there's probably conditions on the I deal. I would guess maybe the, the, the third might come back and yeah. we keep the fifth. But still, even if he doesn't come back and he plays there and he plays good for them... Mm-hmm. You still got a third for what? There's maybe what three teams in the league that could afford a 20 year old and a euro. And 
they know that, so they're not going to give Richie the world. And I think that's what people sometimes forget is it's mm-hmm. our guy. We want firsts and seconds for our guy who's our best player. We mm-hmm. need firsts. Well, if Mondu, what's his name? Martin in, in Schoenigan? Yeah. Martin? Yeah. yeah. If he's like, I'll give you a third and a fifth, and that's it, and Richie phones two other teams, and they're saying, well, we'll give you a sixth and a tenth and a seventh and an eighth, he's taking the – like. The trade deadline, you can only make the deal that the teams want to make with you. And if there's no market out there for it, I mean, we almost have to be thankful there was a market for Barbashev as a 20 and a Euro. Not saying there wouldn't be a market for a player like that, but 20 and a Euro, there's obviously not a lot of teams that could have had that. No, that's right. There's there's no space. I mean, they, I think the only... Uh, I was going to say Halifax, but it's not even Halifax because mm-hmm. they have uh, Morovich and uh, Panzato. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> there wasn't very many teams. Uh, Schoenigan might have been the only one that had room for an import and a 20, and so they made the deal. I mean, it's... Yeah. Look, there's going to be other trades that are going to surprise people that are probably going to be done... I'm not sure when the, when the I think the trade deadline ends on the uh, 28th. I think it is. I think so. So there's going to be other trades that are going to surprise people. You know, will a team pay something for Cole Bishop? Will uh, another defenseman that's at camp surprise and get a roster spot and, and, and bump one of the veterans down and in order to get that veteran some ice time they're shipped out you know there's going to be trades that are going to happen that's that's going to surprise people and they've got uh, you know a week to, to sort it out uh, look I'm not saying it's going to be a Moncton trade but yeah. you know there's a, this is this happens in the league there's there's trades that are going to surprise people and people are going to complain about well, uh, we paid too much for this guy. We paid too much for this guy. Why would you trade that guy? Well, you know, you clearly don't understand why some of these moves are made. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah. a third and an eighth. I don't know why I said fifth. Yeah. Well, a third and an eighth. And Francisco Police. Francisco, that's fun to say. But again, that's that's a player that needed a spot to play. And, and sometimes guys just need spots to play. It needs spots to develop. And, mm-hmm. you know, as much as it's Richie's job to build a contender here this year and build a Memorial cup contender next year. Um, he also has to do but right by the players that aren't going to be on the team. And if he can find a spot for a Francisco police where he has a shot to crack the roster in Shawinigan, you know, I don't want to say he's owed that, but good on Richie to find him a spot to make, you know, you look at this D, this defense that's here. You've already got the five Valentine, Boutin, Forte, John, John, Moran, and Plandowski. But you look at the names of the guys that have been here. I mean, Grenier has been good. He should be. He's a veteran. Hackett's developed really nicely. Um, Luke Moran, he was playing well today. Um, Benjamin Danfoos, he's young. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Um, I mean, they've had some defensemen. Zelensky's been real good. Where are you going to put police in that? to have a shot on the roster. And it's just sometimes the trades, they don't look the best, but it's because Richie's trying to find a place for that guy, that player to compete. They obviously saw QMJHL talent value in police. Mm-hmm. So why not give him a chance to crack a roster somewhere if it's not a Moncton? And I don't even know if he'll make Schwinn again, right? I think when uh, when I was reading some, some articles about following that trade, 
I think Mondu said that uh, they're probably going to have him play another year of midget and then just use him as a call-up. So it almost it seems as if he was a not really a throw-in, mm-hmm. but you know he but he, wasn't, he wasn't going to play in Moncton. No, and their pantry is probably a little uh, little low concerning. Yeah. They went in. You know, they went to the Memorial Cup two years ago, so they have to get prospects. Right? Yeah, so, they got to build those cupboards back up. Yeah. So, uh, for all we know, I mean, this could literally just be, if Barbershev doesn't play, it could be just a p- police for an eighth-round pick. You know, it, 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 it's... Yeah, that's that's what it could come down to if he if he makes... Yeah. Now, I don't, is Barbershev signed? No. He still isn't signed by Hartford? No, no. I guess it would be... He signed a... Uh, a little, too, I think it was a one-way deal in, uh, in the off-season, yeah. but uh, no, he hasn't officially. He's not NHL signed. So if he if he ends up NHL signed and he plays in Hartford, and it ends up being police, and we'll assume we'll just guess that maybe the condition is Schwinnigan gets their third round back. No idea. That's just what we're guessing. Even if it's police for an eighth, you improved his his value because he was a twelfth round pick. Mm-hmm. So by four spots, four rounds, you've kind of gotten a, a pick early and if if we did give up max for a third in 2024 guys the the guy writing the checks looked the commissioner in the eye and said we're all in in 2025 mm-hmm. for the memorial cup so any small piece trade draft pick prospect that is going to be accumulated now and in, in the christmas trade deadline it's making the team better but it's also setting up the cupboards yep. for 2025 when, yep. according to Mr. Irving, we're pushing all the chips in. And he looked Mr. Cicchini right in the eye and said, we're all in and in Mr. 2025. Cicchini said, I heard that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's uh, – well, which – did we talk about the draft coming to Moncton on the last show two months ago? <laughs> did we know that then? Uh, I don't think we did. I don't think no. we did, but thank God it's coming to Moncton. Hey, I uh, uh, – you might get some better uh, media food. Oh, media food. We'll get uh, some air conditioning. Uh, I think we talked about it on Sports Quarantine with Chris that it was some sort of air conditioning come back. But yeah, yeah like it, everything's coming up Moncton right now. Pro- top prospects game, Q draft. The Memorial Cup in 2025 is the plan. That's the That'd be the trifecta. Yeah. Okay, so Mr. Whalen, if you could bring the Scotties to Moncton as well. <laughs> Big Scotties fan. It's in Calgary next year. I'm tired of seeing it in the West. Yeah. Bring that out to the East with uh, Andrea Crawford, who I don't think is with New Brunswick anymore. I think she went to a different team. But, um, yeah, bring the Scotties to Moncton. Bring everything to Moncton because I want to see the Scotties. I love when people get to throw rocks at houses. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so let's uh, – should we get to our guest? Yes, to our guest? let's do it. All right, let's. Uh, we got a very special guest, so let's get to uh, let's get to him. View from the other bench. All right. Well, we always like to have a special guest on our premieres and our finales, and this is no different. But it's a little bit of a twist, seeing as this is our training camp episode. Uh, we've got a little bit of a special connection to our thirteenth round selection, Ben Danfoos. We're pleased to be joined by the Wildcats' first draft pick. In the first round, he went fifth overall in the 96 QMJHL draft. John Francois Danfous. JF, how are you today? Hey, I'm good. How are you guys? Well, not too bad, not too bad. Probably a little less stressed uh, about training camp than you are, I guess. Just talk about what it's like to have your son at training camp. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's anytime you watch your son play, it's always a little bit uh, stressful. But uh, in the position that we are, uh, like we know, we know he's he's not coming in to uh, necessarily make the team. It's it's more as an experience. Uh, he's going back to uh, RNS uh, next mm-hmm. season, so it's 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 a really good experience. He gets to uh, get a feel of you know the pace of the game and and what he needs to improve. Uh, moving forward so overall it's it's been great so far that actually answers one of my other questions i was going to ask where he <laughs> what are his plans for this season so glad you kind of got that in there um i guess uh i know it's been a it's been a couple of years but uh let's go back to you your your draft day and uh, just uh, tell us a little bit about that and uh, what do you remember about it yeah i mean back in the days it was different because um as a 15-year-old, you, you you could only be drafted in the, in the top three rounds. If if you weren't drafted in the, in the top three rounds, you'd have to go back and play midget and wait another year to get drafted, which was the case for me. I wasn't drafted as a 15-year-old, 15-year-old, so um, you know a little bit of a disappointment there. Going, you know, went back to midget. Uh, lucky enough, uh, we we had a good team. We ended up winning a, a national national championship. Uh, with the uh, Saint Foy Gouverneur uh, back in 1996, which obviously helped me uh, become a first-round pick uh, of the Moncton Wildcats that that uh, next summer. So uh, you know, I lived uh, both experiences: uh, disappointment the first year, and then being a first-round the second year. Uh, obviously, being drafted in, in Moncton was exciting. Um, a fresh start for me, uh, a young guy from Quebec that you know couldn't speak a word of a word of English and never visited New Brunswick before. So it was a brand new experience, but it was obviously uh, very positive as a, as an experience and it really changed my life. And fa- I guess fast forward to this past, uh, this past June, uh, what sort of uh, advice did you get to, to Ben going into the draft? And uh, I guess how were his nerves uh, the night before? Yeah, we, we weren't that nervous. I mean, for us, uh, we're we're kind of using the long long term path, um, and you know I hear a lot the NCAA and and obviously Ben is a good student he's he's doing really well at RNS and we don't want to neglect any sides of of, of the game mm-hmm. um, down the road if, if playing for the Moncton Wildcats is an option I think Ben will play there, but at the same time we we want to obviously protect ourselves uh, for the next year or so uh, so that if it doesn't happen in, in the Quebec major junior hockey league that he still has his options open for for the u.s college so i mean as far as a draft for ben we we kind of you know that's what we told the teams we he had about eight or nine interviews we all said the same thing probably not going to play exhibition games you know we, we see this uh, his develop development development path more of a as a long-term thing so you know he probably slid in the draft a little bit because of that but that's fine we we were okay with that we for us it, it didn't matter if it was a eight round pick or 13 round pick he he got to uh, live the dream of being drafted by the Moncton Wildcats he's having a great experience uh, in training camp now and like I said if, if uh, you know next year in a couple of years playing for the Moncton Wildcats um, is realistic for him we'll, we'll go that way we have no issue with that so playing with with the Wildcats, obviously in 96, 97, uh, he played 39 games, only won six. But that next year in 97, 98, I mean, you played 60 games, 24, 26, took the team to the playoffs. Like, I'm sure Moncton looks a little bit different from 96 to now, obviously the brand new rink and whatnot. But just 
talk about your time playing in Moncton and, and you know, you're a goaltender that was playing behind not a great team in 96, 97, and they kind of turned things around in, in 97, 98. Just talk about your time with Moncton. Yeah, no, obviously, like the first year was tough. Um, I, I got to play, uh, you know, against really good players, but we were kind of young as a team, kind of a rebuilding uh, expansion type team uh, following the Alpines. So it was kind of a tough situation, especially after winning a national championship the year before. You know, you you're you're kind of you know positive, kind of on on the cocky side of things, uh, <laughs> thinking you're you're going to win every year type thing. But it was the opposite the first year. But we got to uh, build around our, our young core for the second year. We got better, made the playoffs. Um, we added a couple really good uh, Europeans on the team, and and uh, that made a difference for us. So. Uh, but there's one th- consistent thing that's been there for since day one. It, it's the way that uh, the organization treat their players. Uh, just you know, going through the dressing room uh, this past week and seeing how the, the kids are treated. Obviously, it's a brand new rink and the facility is fantastic. But even back in the old uh, Moncton Coliseum and the way Mr. Irving treated us, uh, it was always first class. Always thinking about the athlete first, the student. Um, so, you know, the only, only positive came, uh, from me as far as playing for the Wildcats. And I guess just, uh, t- talk to us a little bit more about your, I guess your NHL draft experience, because not only were you the first Moncton Wildcats draft pick, you were the first Moncton Wildcats player to be drafted into the NHL. Um, what do you remember about your, uh, your draft experience? Yeah, that was a little bit uh, nerve-wracking because, uh, you know, there was some expectations that was ranked quite high. and uh, But, you know, in my mind, I was probably more a second-round pick than a first-round. Uh, I, I had met with, uh, I think I had met like 26 teams uh, uh, before the draft. So I, I knew I was going to be drafted. Um, if I was a betting man, I would in New Jersey would have been the last team that I would have <laughs> bet on. Yeah. Uh, but it just happened that way, and and uh, you know I got I got to live my dream. I got to play in the NHL. Uh, I got to follow the team as a Black Aces for you know a couple Stanley Cup runs. I got to play in the American Hockey League for a few years. Um, obviously played behind Mar- Marty Broder, who was actually pretty good goalie too. Not bad. Uh, I've heard that. Yeah. So, so no, it it was you know a great experience. Uh, got to live my dream. You know, you know, do I wish I, it would have last longer? Obviously, but that's part of the game. You you just never know if your career is going to be one game, five games, or a thousand games. It's mm-hmm. it's sometimes there's timing involved. There's different scenarios involved. So, but overall, I'm I'm very very proud of. Uh, what I accomplished in my career. So this one's kind of a two-parter. One, do you still have that sweet blocker with the cat on it, that Brian's blocker? Do you still got that? Man, one of my weaknesses is collecting stuff. I'm really <laughs> bad at that. I wish I, I wish I had it because uh, it's, actually, it's actually the blocker that we won a national championship with. I, I wish I had that gear, but okay. uh, I, I scrambled to, uh, you know, find a couple pieces of equipment in the last few years. Uh, I'd say about, I think about five or seven years ago, I, I, I went to play uh, the Heart and Stroke Foundation tournament there, and yeah. I had to find some gear for that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm terrible as far, as far as collecting items. It's kind of cool. It's back. Like, now all the all the goal equipment is all customized with all designs on it, but that was probably one of the first sets of it. Um, playing in Moncton, you played, like I said, 59 games one year, 40 games the next year. You get drafted. You end up sitting behind Martin Brodeur in an era where – the number one guy played 60 of 82 or 72 of 82 games. I mean, just 
mentally, what kind of a difference was that to go from playing almost every night in major junior to once you got to the next level, because you're behind Martin Brodeur, you play six games in a year. Just what, what was that kind of like? Yeah, it's, it's really hard. And people don't realize sometimes we, we complain and then we, uh, you know, we, we say bad things about backup goalies when they play bad, but it's, it's a really tough job because you don't get the, Mm-hmm. the same feel of the game you get to practice but you don't get the same feel of the the rhythm of a game and the pace of a game and and uh yeah sometimes we criticize goalies for for the wrong reason because it's a really tough job i'd say you know a backup goalie that gets 20 25 games a year like i think it's a good flow you can live with that mm-hmm. but when you play once a month it's uh it gets to be really hard and you know, looking back at the starts that I had, like I, I think I did pretty well. Like I lost two to one to Tampa Bay. I lost three to two to uh, the Panthers. I won five to two against Calgary. I, you know, I had some pretty good starts, but mm-hmm. wasn't able to put enough wins, I guess, to uh, secure long-term, uh, long, long-term starts with the Devils. Those, those teams back then with Stevens and Niedermeyer and Rafalski and that kind of decor behind you. I mean seem like they if it was Brodeur if you're getting in there behind that decor they're going to make life easy as on you as as much as possible is that is that kind of a oh, fair for assessment? sure for sure it, it, I mean overall I'm sure you could ask any goalies that played you know I played the East Coast League I played the AHL I played the NHL so mm-hmm. I played pretty much in every league possible the NHL is might be you know might be the easiest league to play in because people are so good around you like the decor is really good. The fours are coming back in the zone. The, the, you know, the play is really structured where, you know, you, you have to make the first saves. You're, you're responsible for that one. But usually, you know, they'll, they'll clear up the net, the, the front of the net and clear up the rebounds. And, and so you only have to one, one shot to focus on compared to junior or the minor leagues in the pro where it's a little bit more scramble than where you have to make two or three saves sometimes. Right. We've had NHL players on the show, and uh, one of the questions we uh, we, we like to yeah we like to ask like when we had uh, Connor Garland on the show, we asked Carlin uh, Connor Garland, you know, uh, everything about his first NHL goal, and he knows everything about it. Uh, being a goalie, as uh, this as sad as this sounds, uh, do you remember who it was that uh, I guess it scored uh, on you to give up your first NHL goal as a goalie? No clue, to be honest. We'll have to look on the, <laughs> in the, the stats. I have no clue, but I know it's, I played against Tampa Bay my first start, and it was an amazing experience. I got to play against Nikolai Abibulin on the other side, who was a legend back then, mm-hmm. and Vinny LeCavalier and Marty St. Louis. So it was a stacked-up team and ended up uh, you know, pulling a pretty good game, uh, losing 2-1 to one on the road. Um, it was a great experience, and, and my wife uh, surprised me. She was there in Tampa Bay for that game. I had no idea she traveled for it. So overall, it was uh, just an amazing, amazing experience, and, and obviously grateful that New Jersey gave me that chance, and, and uh, I'll remember that, that night for the rest of my life for sure. Just to refresh your memory, it was <laughs> Freddie Modine. Man, I should have I should have made that save. <laughs> assisted, assisted by Dave Andrewchuk. So I mean, not bad, right? I, I should have made that save. Still, <laughs> that's funny. It's of, of all the Tampa Bay Lightning players then on that team, I probably would not have picked Freddie Modine. To, and it was probably I'll bet you if we go back and watch, it's probably one of those greasy ones where you're standing in front of the net and you made the first save, and 
it just happened to get possibly or something possibly something possibly like that. um <laughs> One of the other cool things uh, from this past draft, not this past one, but last year we drafted uh, Keegan Warren, who his dad, Morgan Warren, played for the Wildcats. Have you had a chance to connect with him at camp? Or do you guys, like, do the old Wildcats stay in touch now that your sons are getting to that age where they're having the ability to get to the Q draft? Is It's just kind of a, when I was doing the prep for this, I just realized, oh, they would have played at the same time. Is it, do you guys kind of catch up? Have you had a chance to run into him and talk about, how weird it is you were on the same team and now your sons are both kind of at camps yeah we actually talked for about 20 minutes after the last scrimmage today uh uh you know exchanged some, some stories from back in the days and and uh, talked about life in general we actually took a picture uh after the game of uh of uh our group that uh, the alumni that have kids in training camp france uh, jean his son is there too he was my goalie coach and Jonathan Roy as well played for the Wildcats, and his son is is in training camp too. So we took a photo of uh, the four fathers with the four boys, and it's uh, yeah, it's it's good memories. Uh, good to see uh, some of the some of the alumni back uh, the Avenir Center. It's it's always great to see. That's awesome. That's memories that you don't think growing up you're going to end up you're going to stay in touch a little bit, but actually you don't ever know if you'll see them at a camp down the road or. Or whatever, so that's uh, that's pretty cool, and, and to have your goalie coach uh, absolutely here yeah, as well, absolutely. that's uh, that's pretty cool. But uh, man, JF, we thank you for uh, taking the time to be with us on you know kind of a stressful time because we know cuts are, are coming at, at some point. But um, we just want to thank you for uh, for taking the time to join us, and hopefully Ben at some point makes the squad, and we can uh, we can have him and you on at, at the same time to talk about playing for the Wildcats. Sounds good. Sounds good. Anytime. All right. Thank you. All right, thanks. Well, that was cool. Not, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's the first father of a former player we've had on. We've had NHL players before. We've had former Wildcats, but I think that's the first Wildcat, former NHLer, and father of a prospect we've had on. Yeah, Mighty Ducks of Anaheim <laughs> legend JF Danfoos. Yeah, yeah. Cincinnati former Cincinnati Mighty Duck. Uh, yeah, that's that's going back some time. That's going back some time. That's and it's funny like when we chatted with him about coming on to the interview. I started doing the research and I'm like, Oh, well he got drafted at this point. He, he had to have played f- with Marty Bertur, like, mm-hmm. which of course I didn't ask him what it was like to play behind, like to get to know Marty Bertur as a teammate and stuff like that. Cause um, I'm not smart and I didn't write my questions down, yeah. but um, yeah, it's just crazy. Like he, they went all the way to the Stanley cup final. So you got to be a black ace and practice with him every day. I mean, that's the thing. Like, obviously, Never going to get to the NHL. Never going to play pro anything. But it's got to be so crazy to play in the, the Q or the W or the O, get drafted, eventually make the NHL. And there's now, like, you're lining up. Like, Bedard, he's going to line up against Sidney Crosby in the yeah. first faceoff of the National Hockey League season. Mm-hmm. Um, or JF playing with Scott Stevens, Niedermeyer, uh, playing behind Martin Bredeur. Like, that's just got to be such... A thrill, like how do you not get starstruck playing with and against those guys? I'm sure they are, but yeah. they would just never say it, yeah. right? It, it's, uh, I'm sure it's in the back of their mind. And uh, is it actually Pittsburgh and Chicago in the NHL? Yeah, that's that's uh, Chicago. And that's Pittsburgh. pretty awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. Um, no, yeah, it's good I, to see Chicago get some media attention. Yeah, yeah, it's probably the worst team. Yeah. Uh, they got enough media attention last year <laughs> for all the bad reasons. Yep. But, yeah. Uh, no, yeah. Like Bedard, not loving that yeah, situation. Uh, he should have went to Anaheim. But, I mean, 
Speaking of the NHL draft that happened while we weren't recording, Antoine Moran is a Calgary Flame. Kind of tired. And I said this to Preston Lounsbury when I interviewed him the other day. I was good, glad to see him go to Oilers camp, finally an Oiler. Um, but again, like I said, Pelche, his jersey was going to go in the studio. It is autographed. It will never grace my body. I will never wear a Flames jersey. Um, but yeah, it's it's nice to see him go. It's nice to see Lounsbury go to the Oilers finally, but it, it was kind of cool to see Moran go to the Flames and, mm-hmm. you know, Next July, we'll see uh, Cole Eisenman go to Calgary, and then there'll be the whole uh, get him to Moncton. That's Look, I said that to you. That's the plan. Yeah. Secure the Memorial Cup. The Flames secure Cole Eisenman. Yep. And Richie uses his connections. They put that together. Mm-hmm. Go to Moncton, win a Memorial Cup, and then come to Calgary, and that's how it happens. Screw Minnesota. Yeah. Moncton's better. No, absolutely it is. Minnesota? You know how cold it is in Minnesota? Absolutely not. Golden Gopher? Yeah. Be a wildcat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it was cool to see Etienne get that media attention playing with um, Huberto Mm. at his, like, summer camp, summer tournament. So, again, that's that's another wrinkle, too, is we're going to lose a couple guys to NHL camps in maybe the odd invite, but Moran will probably go to Calgary. Sumpf, maybe... Loshing, maybe Colorado might get a rookie camp. Uh, Lounsbury to Edmonton rookie camp, maybe. So you're going to see these younger kids that are from rookie camp go into main camp and, you know, get on these guys getting to go to rookie camp, mm-hmm. and that just makes them better, which in turn makes us better. Yeah, yeah for sure. you got to get um, – you're going to learn different things at NHL camps than what you learn at, uh, at a Q camp, and mm-hmm. they just bring that back, and, you know, they're these are – those three guys are leaders and they're, you know, there's teachers teach. Right. Yeah. And, and these are guys that are, I wouldn't be surprised if, well, all three of them are, no, well, I would say two of the three will probably wear letters this year. Uh, meet one, maybe maybe three of three is possible, but two, two out of three for sure. That I just talked about. Yep. Moran. Yep. Motion something Lounsbury. Or you oh, I wasn't. I wasn't counting Sumpf. Oh, you weren't counting Sumpf. Okay. Oh, so Loshing, Lansbury, and Murray. Oh yeah. Two, yeah. two to three. Two to three. Yeah. Possibly all three. You never know. It, it's if they do those home home assistance and road assistance. Please don't do those home road assistance. <laughs> please, please don't do that home road assistance. Like, again, you do what you do, but please don't do that. We don't need six assistant captains. Yeah. Just name no, three. I, I think if they do that, I think all three will, will yeah. have a letter. Yeah. And uh, obviously, with Lounsbury being from down the road, he'd probably be the the home assistant. Yeah. And uh, but no, look, it's uh, I think all three guys have a have a chance here to to bring back uh, stuff that they they learned at NHL camp and, and bring it to uh, to the Wildcats, which you know will only make the younger guys better. And you know they all these guys want to play in the NHL, so why not take tips from guys who've yeah. been there and got the you know got the experience and 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 input into yeah. their own game, right? So. And and they're good enough to earn these, like they're, mm-hmm. whether they're drafted or free agent invites, they they're good enough to earn it. So why not go there, learn as much as you can, yeah, bring it back. Loshing, take that piss missile down to down to Colorado, and <laughs> like I said to you yesterday, these goalies can, you know, they're used to one thing in rookie camp. Just <laughs> wait till yeah. Loshing's piss missile goes right by their head, um, and in the back of the net, hopefully. But um, that that's it, man. That's our first. 
off-season show. Um, nothing to talk about next week. I mean, we could recap the games, but the Wildcats are on break. Recap the YQM Music Festival. <laughs> yeah. Are you going? No. You sneaking in? Or not sneaking in, sneaking around? Sneaking around. So which one would you go to? Which night? Um, so Morgan Wallen, I mean, he's okay. He's bald now. He is. Looks like Caillou. <laughs> <laughs> so he's obviously one of the biggest acts in the world right now. Um, not my favorite, you know, if I think Thomas Rhett is, if there's, if there's a night that I, that I sneak around, yeah. I think the Saturday lineup is the best of all. Uh, so I think I'll, I'll do a little walk around, uh, on the Saturday evening and see if I can listen and see for free. And again, Scotty and Tony, yep. if you need help. Absolutely. Jeremy if, Boucher is available. I will not be as I will be on holidays. They have some go. extra tickets. I mean, yeah. I could uh, definitely use the uh, profit to sell them or he will use them myself. He will wear whatever new country 96.9 gear mm-hmm. you want to give him. Well, I mean. No, no. For free tickets to that, you wouldn't wear... A shirt and a big giant cow- foam cowboy hat. Oh, for free tickets. Yeah, man. I, yeah, I mean free tickets. Pimp yourself out for one of those nine thousand dollar VIP <laughs> tables. I'd probably wear a ninety six nine bikini. <laughs> so anyone listening, <laughs> if you get the whole VIP box yourself, or just oh, one the- of those, you know, it's like one of those. It's like a nine. It's like a ten thousand dollar VIP table for eight people. Yeah, and uh, so do you need the whole table, or you just need a spot at the table? I want the whole table. The whole table. Yeah. So if you want to donate your whole table to Jeremy Boucher, you get in contact with him on Twitter. $10,000. I will wear yeah. a New Country 969 <laughs> bikini. And, uh, and document the whole dang I'll park thing. my car at the mall and, and walk to the concert site and look at <laughs> bikini. Oh, I've never wanted something so bad in my life. But, uh, yeah, no, we'll be back on uh, September 6th uh, as I'm off for holidays. The Wildcats are off for C-Shep. Um, but, yeah, enjoy the games uh, this Wednesday, uh, tonight, up in Miramichi, and this Friday. Uh, it, the, all the games are on CHL uh, Freeview, uh, the CHL app for free. All the preseason games, yeah. Yep, they're all on there. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back after Labor Day. So, for everyone out there, have a great Labor Day. Have a safe Labor Day mm-hmm. so that you can all enjoy our show and some of our preseason uh, recaps. That's right. Everybody going to YQM, enjoy yourselves. Everyone going to the River of Pride Festival this weekend, enjoy yourselves. Uh, And uh, we'll see you after the long weekend. Absolutely. For Jeremy, I'm Adam. See you in two weeks. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wildcast Podcast. Follow us on social media at Moncton Wildcast.